Hey guys, real quick, I just wanted to update you on something. From now on, I'm going to be posting an episode in English one week and an episode in Spanish the next week. So originally I was doing both episodes in English and in Spanish weekly. But from now on, if you listen to my English podcast, just know that you will be receiving a new episode every two weeks instead of weekly. Um, as it had become very time consuming to do both. Um, for those of you who do podcasts, who might be listening, there's just so much more involved than just recording and posting um, with the artwork and putting it on social media and sharing it, etc, etc. So just bear with me. This is a team of one <laughs> over here. So I just um, hope that you understand and I do appreciate that you are still listening. So now here comes the episode. Hello, my truth-seeking mates. Thank you for being here once again. This is my podcast, Truthfully Thinking, with your host, Julissa Mena. And this is a podcast where theology, apologetics, and a thinking lifestyle merge. And um, we are almost done with May, and my allergies have continued uh, to cause congestion and uncomfortability and sneezing and lots of other unpleasant side effects. <laughs> um, but in either case, um, just in case you hear weird sounds in the background or uh, an awkward pause of me trying to, like that one, <laughs> clear my throat. Um, so, you know, it's been a long spring, at least it feels like an eternal spring at the moment. Um, grateful for the heat. Not really. Um, but I am grateful for warmer days. Um, yesterday, um, I ended up having to take my day off and took my kids out for a long uh, day at the park. We went to the park, we went for lunch, we went to walk a trail, and then um, they played in a, in a water sprinkler outside. It was just a a bunch of just a bunch of activities that we did and so because I was I was outside for so long um not doing that great today when it comes to my allergies but hopefully um that won't uh mean much um for the podcast and the podcast will still get done so today I want to talk about descriptive versus prescriptive and if you haven't heard that term before Um, this is usually used for, I think, the subject of linguistics um, when talking about the different type of dictionaries. However, um, when it comes to the Bible or theology, this is a phrase to refer to passages of the Bible. So your passages in the Bible will most likely fall under these two categories it'll either be descriptive or it'll be prescriptive. Um, so I guess it should, it would actually be descriptive versus prescriptive. Um, I guess it depends what side of the country you're in or if you're Canadian, <laughs> but in either case, um, 
So whenever I talk about these kinds of things, you're not going to hear me like referring to Bible verses much because, or not, I shouldn't say that. You're not going to hear me refer to a Bible verse much because um, long, long, long time ago, I learned that you shouldn't be reading just single passages anyway. Um, I mean, I mean, single Bible verses. Jeez, I'm not here today. <laughs> um, you shouldn't be reading single Bible verses. Um, because um, what happens is when you use a single Bible verse, um, it can be taken completely out of context And usually that is how people like to read the Bible. It is not meant to be read that way. But people, what they usually like to do is they like to pick Bible verses that say things that they like about God um, or that say things that they can take out of context and then they'll try using those Bible verses only to live their life by. Um, and let me tell you that is completely wrong. Um, the Bible is not meant for you to knit and pick what you like and don't like, um, either take it as a whole or you don't. And by that, I don't mean that the whole Bible is is prescriptive. Obviously that's not what I'm referring to, but what I'm saying is that, um, the Bible is the Bible in its whole, not just a few pages. It would be kind of like taking a a book, any other book, picking a few pages and reading those and then forgetting about the rest. Um, so it just, it's not the way it was meant to be read or taken for that matter. Um, anyway, um, one of the famous things that people love to do is that people love to read the Bible verses about God's love and forgiveness. And then they'll tend to ignore the ones about justice, um, and righteousness and, um, lifestyle, Christian lifestyle expectations. They tend to ignore the ones about God's wrath, um, caused by wrongdoings. So, you know, just make sure that whenever you are getting to know God, you get to know all of him. Um, it's unfair to kind of just choose to acknowledge certain qualities of someone it's kind of like yourself like it would be messed up if someone says or claims that they want to get to know you but they will only want to get to know certain parts of you and they'll ask you to please not show them all the other sides of you so it's it's not fair to the being to the person um so just keep that in mind when you say you love someone you're supposed to be willing to accept everything that they are all of them not necessarily that and this is speaking obviously of about a human about a person an imperfect person not necessarily that they are um that they have all nice qualities but just accepting them as is now that changes with god because god is perfect and in this case you aren't trying to accept all of god including any flaws he may have because he doesn't have any um, and if you're claiming, if you're claiming to love him, then you're claiming to love all of him, including the justice and righteousness and all of that other good stuff. Anyway, back to the subject. So descriptive versus prescriptive. So just to make sure that we understand what I'm talking about here. So 
Descriptive is when there are passages in the Bible where an event in history is described. So basically, it should be kind of obvious and pretty straightforward, but um, it's okay if it wasn't. So descriptive is passages of the Bible where an event in history is described. So what this means is that there are certain passages of the Bible And again, I'm using the word passages on purpose because I don't think that anyone should be reading a single Bible verse and deciding if something is descriptive or prescriptive um, without reading actual passages uh, of context and whatever um, information needed before the verse and after. But um, the point is that I'm making here that um, there are passages in the Bible that are there simply to describe what happened at a certain moment in history. Prescriptive passages are passages of the Bible uh, or of certain events that have happened um, that, wait, hold on. (laughs) I'm getting my stuff mixed up. Passages of the Bible that should happen, um, that are expectations um, of what needs to happen. Or what is supposed to happen. So, um, for example, I'll give you some examples. Much of the Old Testament is descriptive. So, for example, one example um, of the Old Testament that you're going to find in the Bible that's descriptive and most certainly not prescriptive is when Sarah offers her servant um, Hagar to Abraham. So a lot of people like to use this passage in the Bible to justify um, what is now called uh, throuples, which is basically a quote unquote marriage of three people. Um, And I actually know uh, people who claim to be Christians in a relationship like that because they justify it by reading certain events that happen in history and saying see it's okay the the bible says it's okay god says it's okay it's actually fine no those bible verses those passages as a whole um are just the it's just history being described to us not prescribed not saying oh look you should do this or oh look this is how you can do things no it's simply the events in history that happened that are describing what happened not because God approves of it or is okay with it but simply because that's how they happened um so that that's one the other one would be um, David and Goliath, for example, how David um, used a sling a slingshot to um, what's it what's it called to use rocks um, against the giant Goliath. And um, this is not to say that every time someone blasphemes against God, your expectation is to grab a slingshot and take rocks and throw it at them. Of course, people don't actually think that. But do you see how people actually 
will understand that David and Goliath is, you know, a historical event and it's been described, but then they, they take things like Sarah and Abraham and um, Hagar and make it as if it's somehow a, a prescription on how life should be done. So it's very important to understand that a lot, a lot of the Old Testament is very descriptive. Um, so please don't take things um, as, as, if, as if when history is being described, it's not saying this is how you should do things. It's simply saying this is what happened. Um, that also goes for the event when David um, sinned um, and um, what's it called? Um, saw Bathsheba and I just, I don't understand. You know, I just, I think uh, sometimes I just don't understand why people are okay with just grabbing certain things of the Bible. And it just seems so obvious that, you know, you're, that these are just events, history, things that happened, but people will somehow use it to justify certain sins they want to, to do. But in either case, um, you know, the event with David and, and Bathsheba and, um, you know, Uriah's uh, wife and they, then you have people who see that and they're like, see, look, look what David did. I'm not doing something as bad as David. I'm not doing something as horrible as David. So it's okay if I do this other thing. And it's just, I don't know. People don't do this with anything else. You know, people don't, don't read the history of the United States and say, oh, look, um, slavery is okay. So let's do it. You know, um, you know, people don't, people know now, at least I'm not sure about then, but people know now that, you know, treating people the way, um, the slaves in the American history were treated is, is, is completely wrong. And, and we, we somehow automatically know that from reading history, but, uh, the history of the United States or history of any country, we just don't do that with the history of any country. You know, we don't look at the history of say, um, Germany and say, Oh, look what Hitler did. That must mean that we must do it too. Like we don't do that. You know, um, we use history and, and it's a famous phrase to use history to learn from mistakes. Um, but somehow that, that changes with, with the Bible. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not sure why. Um, well, actually, you know what? I kind of have a uh, suspicions of why it's, it's probably because of what I said, because people want to justify, want to find some kind of biblical approval, um, for certain sinful lifestyles that they're living and, by finding things in the Bible that in their mind, quote unquote, justifies what they're doing, they'll feel better about what they're doing. Anyway, that's for the Old Testament. You are going to find um, descriptive passages in the New Testament as well. That's actually quite true um, for Acts, because Acts is more like a history book like a history part of the new testament um describing what happened um but um 
I do want to clarify that just because most of the Old Testament is descriptive and just because, you know, most of Acts is descriptive doesn't mean that there isn't anything in there that could be prescriptive. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, I find that people actually um, use the day of Pentecost as a prescription a lot, especially um, for hello, us Pentecostals. (laughs) I, well, I shouldn't say us Pentecostals because it, it always, Pentecostals, the word always makes people think about certain unbiblical rules or ideas. Um, but I do go to a Pentecostal church. So that's the only reason I say that, but I don't in the traditional sense of the Pentecostal mindset and theology. I, I, I'm not for that and don't agree with it. Um, but in, in either case, what I was trying to say before I got off subject there is that a lot of, a lot of uh, people in the Pentecostal denomination will take Acts 2 as a prescription where um, instead of taking it as a description of what happened, they'll try to imitate what happened that day um, by getting together and, you know, I want everyone praying and doing the whole imitation of day of Pentecost with the expectation that the same manifestation of the, um, of the, of speaking in tongues will happen. Um, because they somehow take that as a prescriptive passage and it's not, it's not a prescriptive passage. So, um, I just wanted to throw that in there um, as far as Acts actually being quite a descriptive uh, book in the New Testament. So that's for that. And then much of the New Testament is actually mostly prescriptive, where it's basically saying what the expectations are of a Christian, what should happen, what is supposed to happen, and how a Christian is supposed to be living. Um, And some people try to suggest that um, these passages are somehow suggestive or just good advice or recommendations. <laughs> um, they're not. Um, if a passage is prescriptive, it's because it is expected to be done. Kind of just like when you go to the doctor and you're giving a you're given a prescription. The doctor gives you the prescription of what you're supposed to do if you want to be healed and you do it. Um, unless, of course, you don't want to be healed or you don't care about your health or you, um, you know, think you're smarter <laughs> and think you can do it your own way. Uh, whatever the case may be, that's the whole point of something, something being prescriptive that you're supposed to follow the instructions as given. So much of the New Testament is quite prescriptive. Now, I do want to clarify that, like I said, Acts is mostly history. So in this case, Acts is going to be descriptive as opposed to prescriptive. And again, that's not to say that Acts doesn't have anything that is not prescriptive. Um, I also want to clarify the same for the Old Testament. Just because most of the Old Testament is is descriptive doesn't mean that there isn't anything in the Old Testament that's not prescriptive. Um, and so, uh, since most of the new Testament is prescriptive, that's not to say that it can't be descriptive. I'm repeating that quite a lot on purpose. People will try to take this, what I'm saying out of context. Um, but, um, what I wanted to say is, uh, 
that most of the epistles are going to be your instructions on a prescription for Christians on what the deal is, what's the expectations, how we're supposed to live, what's supposed to happen, what the instructions are for a Christian. So whenever you find something that's instructive, giving instructions, um, this is the, these are the passages that are going to be your prescriptive passages. And whenever you find um, events being described of things that happened in history, these are most likely going to be mostly um, descriptive. So there you have it. That is all I wanted to cover today. I just wanted to give an overall view of how the passages of the Bible fall mostly under these two categories, if not only um, the descriptive versus prescriptive passages. Um, so with that, please do not forget to follow my social networks on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, my Spanish uh, networks are, social networks are verdaderamente p and my English ones are Truthfully Think. And with that, I say goodbye to all my truth-seeking mates, wishing that your minds gradually understand the truth is a Christian's priority. Practicing truth will make us better servants of our, of our Lord Jesus. So thank you, everyone. And until next time.